This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proudly in association with HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a subscription-based meal kit company that delivers amazing recipes straight to your door. On the app, you'll be able to choose your weekly recipes to meal plan your week. They deliver fresh ingredients straight to your door to make the recipes that have carefully been selected. With step-by-step recipe cards, there's no need to be a chef to cook delicious meals. You have full flexibility on what meals you get and when you get them. It's easy to add extra portions, change recipes, modify your delivery time or pause your deliveries. We are also delighted to offer a 60% discount to West Ham fans on the first box and then a 25% discount on the following two months when you use the code West Ham Way in capital letters. So download the HelloFresh app or visit the website www.hellofresh.co.uk forward slash West Ham Way to get these delicious, easy to make meals sent straight to your door. Hello Fresh, dinner is solved. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi. Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Mark Carlaw, a late sub for Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. This week we talked the much-improved performance Old Trafford, yet somehow coming away with a 3-0 loss. The start made by Calvin Phillips, Ben Johnson's performances and his new deal, the big divide over David Moyes' future, we'll get the latest news from X and answer questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. So X, it wasn't the result that we were hoping for. Uh, Man United three, West Ham nil. Um, very, I, I, I think it's an unfair reflection, though. I think that the scoreline seriously flatters Manchester United. I thought West Ham actually played pretty well uh, throughout. Uh, what was your thoughts on the game, mate? Yeah, well, let, let me just say thank you for stepping in, first of all, because obviously Dave has failed a late fitness test at, uh, at the um, last hour. He wasn't in a good shape yesterday, in fairness to him. He pretty much sat with his hood over his head and in his seat all game and then slept in the back of my car the whole way home. So he was genuinely ill. So, uh, yeah, but I appreciate you stepping in as as per um, for last minute. So thank That's you, right, mate. mate. And, uh, you, you got and, me out the cupboard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dusted you off a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I think exactly what you said, mate. I thought we actually played quite well. And it's ironic. I actually thought we played better um, yesterday than we did against Bournemouth. But obviously mm. with Bournemouth, we came away with a point. And yesterday, we came away with a 3-0 beating. Now, the key moment for me is that Emerson moment. You know, 1-0 to them. Emerson scores that or sets someone else up to score. It's one all. They literally straight after that went down the other end and made it 2-0. So it was such a pivotal moment in that game. And 
And I think we were unlucky in the sense that, well, I say unlucky. I think we played well. We created a lot of chances. Um, you know, we, we we should have scored more than we did. Um, and I think we were, I think a, a draw would have been a fair result. Even a win to us, 3-0 win massively flatters them. But the difference is now they've got a forward or a winger as well that can score. And we, we don't have that consistent scorer of goals. And, you know, we create chances. We don't take mm. them enough. And, you know, you can question recruitment. Again, why have we not signed a forward? That sort of stuff. But that's the key moment for me. And I, as you say, I actually thought we played quite well. Played. It was actually much more entertaining yesterday than it was against Bournemouth, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The performance was decent. I, I thought that we 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 uh, were very much up for it. Um, I, like you say, I think the issue was the cutting edge. I mean, you bring up the Emerson chance. Yeah, that that was pivotal. I I, I really struggled to understand what actually happened with it. I've, I've watched the replay of it, but it was someone like him. I know he's not obviously a, a natural finisher. That's not his position, but yeah, really frustrating because you say if he just tucked that away or, or squared it, um, one all. I, I genuinely think we'd have gone on and won that game. I really do. Many mm. nights, many nights weren't great. I mean, I, I, they they would be very, very flattered by that, and no doubt, I'm hopefully quite deluded with it. Really, I hope they do have that mindset, thinking that's it. Now we're going to cruise towards you know top six, top five a season because they're not a top six side. They really uh-huh. were. I thought they were quite poor overall. Yeah. But um, we'll talk about the January transfer window in a minute because you just hit, uh, touched on that regarding our um, lack of firepower. And, and oh, I'm still baffled as to what actually happened in January. Um, going through the uh, game, mate, um, first of all, there was that um, Alvarez chance in the, in the first half, uh, which I think that at that point it was nil-nil. I don't know if you saw it back, but um, it's when it was a header. A good save, actually, from Anana. He's, he's reacting yeah. quite quickly to it. But there's, I think, a clear foul on Alvarez from Casemiro. He's grabbing him round the neck and pulling him down, and no one seems to talk about it. I mean, no. the commentators refer- referenced it briefly. When oh yeah, it looks like a bit of a foul. But I do wonder if that had been up the other end. I reckon it would have been a very oh, different conversation. One hundred percent, mate. I mean, it's been this has been the, the case ever since I've followed football. That there's just this notion that when you go to Old Trafford or Anfield or similar stature of clubs, that you just don't get the referee decisions. And the fact that it wasn't even looked at or even considered to be looked at, you know, is is just alarming in itself. And I think there was another incident. I mean, to be fair, I was at the game and I've only watched the highlights back on my phone, so I haven't actually seen it. But reading Twitter. Right, there was another incident where one of them turned around and hit Zuma in the face. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, so there's that. And I've seen photos of the Casemiro one. And you just think to yourself, like, as you said, if it was the other way around. Somehow VAR or the ref or the linesman would have found a way to get that decision at least looked at and then probably given as a, as a penalty. And it, it is so frustrating that... Uh, that it feels like still, despite the introduction of VAR, and I know we go on about this every week, but the introduction of VAR, there's still a bias towards the bigger teams. The whole point of this VAR system was to get decisions correct. And I thought one of the biggest selling points to me was that it would eliminate big six, mm, big four, mm. whatever you want to call it, bias. But to me, it's exactly the same as it's always been. Yeah, I agree. It it, it just feels wrong. It, it, like I just I, I was watching it thinking I know for a fact if that had been Rashford and that had been Sue Fowl grabbing him, we'd have been talking about it. I've done the refs looks about it. it would have made a deal out of it, but they just glossed over it. And even Sky Sports made zero effort really to even make such a song any sort of um um you know debate over it really. It was just glossed over. So it's really frustrating. Um but that being said, we were still playing very well. Then I felt they went one 0 up against the run of play, actually. Um 
Uh, a good good goal, actually, from them. A lovely finish. But I will say, I thought it was pretty poor from Nye for good. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the goal. Mm, or, well, you said you've had to look yeah. back at it. Yeah. The, um, I mean, first of all, James Ward-Prowse was bullied off the ball, I thought, by um, Casemiro. I, I mean, a little bit harsh, possibly, on Ward-Prowse. But I think he could have been a bit stronger to try and win that ball. He just didn't want it enough. Um, but, yeah, a good. I'll tell you what, mate. It's, for, for a player we spent a lot of money on who's highly rated, I think the jury's still very much out on that player. Yeah, he's he does have rickets in him, doesn't he, completely? And I think, yeah, he sort of was too soft in showing the way to the goal and to the target for Hoyland. And, and it, it is frustrating because it seems every week at the moment we talk about a defensive mistake, obviously mm. not necessarily from him because he was in the African Nations, but last time he was back and then the week before it's Zuma. And if it's not Zuma, it's Mavropanos. And it just, it just seems like it's a regular thing at the moment. And you know, I know we went on a run where we kept a load of clean sheets, which was good, but whenever we concede, it does feel like you know it's been our own downfall. I mean, you look at the Bournemouth game, that was mainly Zuma's bad ball to Phillips and then Phillips being rusty, bad touch, that was, a, you know, their, their mistake. You can say Aguero's mistake for that first goal. I mean, like you said, it was a great finish, but he's made it quite easy for him. The, the third goal, you know, it was down to Phillips again, losing the ball. So mm. it's just, it just seems that there's constant mistakes when we concede, and that is frustrating, and that is something that, you know, if we're going to achieve anything this season, we have to sort out very quickly. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 it seems to be an ongoing theme this season. Our defensive issues. I, I don't know why, and it's, and it's an unlike it, uh, for a, for a David Moyes side. You know, mm. he's notoriously pretty good at keeping clean sheets and being quite solid at the back. But I just feel like we've, we've been so soft. Um, I was looking forward to seeing a Gerd back. I thought he might have um, sort of reinvigorated the back line a little bit. But yeah, I, I, I thought he was poor. I thought, you know, the second goal, although it deflected off a Gerd, it's probably a little bit harsh to blame him a little bit. He probably could have done a bit better in how he, he stood up to mm. the ball. But, you know, I possibly am a little bit harsh picking out for that one. But, yeah, um, certainly the first goal, I thought we, we could have dealt with it a lot better. Um, and, yeah, Calvin Phillips, mate, I mean, it's, we've got to talk about him. I mean, it's, it's not been the greatest of starts for him, let's be honest. He's, you know, made a mistake in the first game, although I, I, I actually blame more Zuma than, than Phillips yeah. for that one, personally. But still, he could have, he could, he's still at fault in some regards. He could have handled it a bit, bit, bit better. But I've got to be honest, I thought he was... Um, he struggled to get into the game against Manchester United. I don't know if he came on to sub. I think he struggled to pick up the pace of the game. Um, There's a little bit of talk afterwards, X, about Phillips' his attitudes um, towards when, when he lost that ball. Basically, he just sort of got up and walked back as, as they went on and attacked. Now, it wouldn't have made any difference had he got up anyway and run back. I don't think that would have, it would have made any difference. He wouldn't have caught up. Um, but... Not ideal, is it? Let's be honest. It's not been the greatest of starts for him. And I've got to say, there's probably a little bit of pressure on him now that he's got to turn this around quite quickly because I can see that the the um, the excitement of the signing and that kind of stuff's going to wear off pretty fast. Do you not do you not think so? Oh yeah, oh, mate. Well, the fans already. I mean, I don't really pay much attention to Facebook and stuff, but because we've got a West Ham way account, occasionally, like you know, I'll go to post something on it <coughs> and it will pop up with. What other group? What's being said in other groups? And I've already seen three or four posts. Phillips is shit. He's got to go. <laughs> we need to terminate his loan. Blah blah blah. Guys, not even played a full game for us yet. Now, the thing is, it's probably a signing that we didn't necessarily need. But when you look at it and the blacks and whites of it, when I've tried to talk about um, 
this signing in the past, it is a good signing because he's an England international. He's a you know he's a forty million pound player. He's a, a plays for Man City. He's one of Champions League, he is a good player, but the problem with him, as we knew when we signed him, is he's barely played club football for the last 18 months or so. So mm. he needs to he needs to um, get back into sort of match fitness. And you know, match fitness is different to physical fitness. You know, your match fitness is your awareness, your your confidence on the ball, your sort of sharpness of mind and stuff. And obviously playing training games for the last say 18 months it doesn't teach you that match sharpness that you're going to get against playing a big side against like man united so mm. he, you know it was poor he has been poor yes i don't think he ran back as much as i'd have liked him to but to write him off this quickly for me is way too early and but just the epitome of what football supporting is nowadays you know what mm-hmm. for one good half an hour you're the next messy one bad half an hour you're the next I'm Mike Small or whoever, you know, like, it's just like, anyway. yes, I was going to say, not that he remembers what happened, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but like, and it's just, um, it's just crazy, really, it, it really, really is, and I, I think, yes, it's been disappointing, yes, it's a concern, but hopefully, with a bit more game time, then, um, then he will turn out to be a very good player for us, but I'm certainly not going to write him off after, you know, a 20-minute cameo and a, what is it, a 60-minute cameo the, the, Game before, let's see how he does going forward and judge it when he's had a good month behind him. I mean, obviously, by then the season's not far from concluding, but you still Mm. get two months or so of hopefully a, a top player. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's, he, we've seen his ability. We know that's why Man City played all that money for him. You know, he's, he's a very good player. Um, and it was just a bit of a shame that it's, it has had the start he's had. Um, that's just a bit unfortunate. But like you, I'm, I'm still confident that things will turn around for him. Um, but, you know, for, for his sake, I hope it's quick. You know, we want to yes. see a really decent performance from him and hopefully a goal or something. Just lift him up and get, and get him going. You know, I think, I think he looks a player that needs that. Um, one uh, big positive, uh, ex- I think it's a big positive that's been this season, but certainly it was highlighted again yesterday, was um, Ben Johnson. Uh, mm-hmm. just seems to have come into the side, looks a far more mature version than the player we've seen in previous seasons, especially last season. I think he really struggled uh, when he was called upon. But this year, he really seems to be not only performing well, but I think he's starting to get the trust of David Moyes in the fact that he's now utilised him in a, in a midfield role, in a wing role. And dare I say, mate, I think he was one of our better players. Um, I mean, I'm, I mean, your section obviously coming up later. I don't know whether you're going to have anything on the, the Johnson contract at all. But what's your thoughts on Johnson? Are you pleased with how he's getting on? Um, I am. Yeah. I, when when I first heard the team, which was um, uh, Saturday, Saturday day, and I heard that he was going to be right winger. I was a bit surprised. I'm not going to lie. You know, I <laughs> yeah. thought, well, my goodness, what are we doing? But... Credit to him, as you said. I think he was one of the best players. He's got tricks in his locker. We saw that when he came on against Sheffield United in central midfield. He's got pace. He's quite, you know, stocky and built for a for a right winger if he's going to be one of them. Um, mm. And I thought, you know, I thought he played well. Um, it gives us an option. All I think it's always good for a squad, no matter what ability of that squad. So I'm talking the very best, like you know, Man City or whoever you want to say, the best Real Madrid. I always think it's good for any team to have a utility player, you know, a mm. player that can fill in in a number of positions because, you know, on the bench, you know, you might have a more specialist centre-back or a more specialist right-winger. But if you've got someone that can cover a range of positions and do it well, then it gives you so many more options. And 
for me, is coming up in my section. But I think the fact that he's homegrown, I mean, the fact that he's come through the academy, the fact that he's a very good lad, he's from a good family, he's, you know, I think he's quite religious, quite, um, you know, well-behaved, so to speak. Um, I think he's popular with all the other players and stuff. I mean, you've got to get him on the contract now. He's, he, as you said, he's, he's shown the last month, two months, how well he can play um, in a number of positions. So it makes total sense to get him on that contract now. And fair play to him because, again, another victim of the he's shit, he can't play, he's useless, you've got to get mm, rid of him, mm. brigade, and he's turned it around. So, yeah, let's, um, let's hope that this continues and he does get that contract. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I was one of those. I, I, well, I probably wouldn't say it as harsh as that, as you say, but, <laughs> but I remember thinking, I thought, I thought after sort of last season, I thought, yeah, I think it's probably best to, to move him on. I thought that his time at the club was come to an end. But no, he's, he's been brilliant. Really it's good. all right like, to critique players. Like, you know, well, yeah, we, all do yeah. it, we all do it. And it's all right to say, I don't like, you know, I do it with Suchek. I don't, again, I'm not sure he did a great deal yesterday. But mm. I, so I, you know, you can do that. You pay your money, you're entitled to your opinions, what football is. There was a game of opinions, and of course, some players will divide opinions. But where I have the issue is where people go to town on mm. social media and other outlets and tag them into it and say them to it, say it to their face, and put it in writing to them. And I just think it just doesn't achieve anything. Like you know, just you know, if you want to have an opinion or so, you don't really it's good enough. That's fair enough. But when you try and make that person know about it, what is that going to achieve? Yeah, and also, you know, bear in mind they are human beings at the end of the day. You know what I mean? yeah, exactly. And, and and no player surely wants to want to do bad. Do you know what I mean? No, they want no, exactly. to be successful and play well. It's not like it's just the way it is, isn't it? Certainly, someone that's come through the academy. Now, I've always been under the understanding with West Ham fans that it's West Ham family, and and obviously there's certain incidents where I've experienced that it isn't the case necessarily. But when it comes to players. Like West Ham family, so they come through the academy, they've been at the club mm. all their life, they should buy a little bit more time than you, you know. Some mm. I don't know, player that's came on a massive contract, like someone like Jack Wilshire, maybe that came on a massive contract, did very little, and then sort of buggered off and said, I've actually hated his time at West Ham, <coughs> you know, players like that, fair enough. But someone like him who's always given his all to be a, a West Ham player and wants the best for the club, who yeah. deserves more tolerance. And and I'm glad that he's managed to ride that storm and come back and, as you said, look very useful at the moment. Yeah, yeah, very useful. Well, I'm looking forward to your section because I hope we get some good news with that because I'd, I'd love to see him... Um... You know, um, Kenny's long-term future to the club. He's been he's been excellent this season. Um, but it does bring me to the transfer window, X. Um, I mean, look, we brought in Calvin Phillips, but my word, it, let's be honest, it, it could have been a lot better than that, and probably sh- well, we should have been a lot better. Um, when when you did your um, updates originally, when, you know, when we go right back to the beginning of January, I remember you reporting straight away the priority position for the club was a left winger and a striker. Really, they were really that's where the club were focused on. Um, we didn't get either, we didn't get anyone in, and we've let go of Sai Ben Rama, we've let go of Pablo Fornells, we've also let go of Tilo Kira, obviously, at the beginning of the window. These players haven't been replaced. I think it's fair to say, mate, we've come out of this January weaker than when we went into it. What's gone wrong? Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, well, I think, yeah, with Kerra, I think we can take him going because, I mean, like with Ben Johnson and with Cresswell, with hmm. Oliver Skulls and you know, Ryan Bartram, maybe if you need a right winger from the academy, you've got a right back, sorry, from the academy. You've got... You've got enough cover for Kerr to go. So then you move on to the other two. And yes, this is where the question marks start to happen because, you know, you've got the need for a left winger, as as was well documented. And, you know, I don't, I don't sit there and guess what the club needs. I mean, mm. it's what I could do because I'm a fan and we can all do it as fans. But I go with what I'm told by people that are involved in making the recruitment decisions. So, mm. I, you know, I know that's what they were looking at. I know that that's why when I put the links out to Osman and Yotta and Roe, I think, of, of Norwich and uh, what's it, Clark of Sunderland and stuff, yeah. there's genuine interest in those players. But I don't know why we can't get this over the line. Ultimately, for me, and this is probably going to sound a bit controversial or, or, or accurate, I don't know people's opinions. Ultimately, the butt's got to stop at the very, very top. You know, if the player yeah. has been identified and accepted by the club as that target, you know, and we're talking this was the case of Osman, regardless of what, you know, Joe Bloggs thinks of Osman, the club thought that Osman was the player for the left wing position. He was the one that was identified by the recruitment team, um, initially put to David Moyes, approved by David Moyes, put to David Sullivan, and then a guy who has interest in other players. This guy has brought in some good players to West Ham, so it's unfair to completely criticise him. You know, he was involved in the Pakistan deal, for example. I think he was involved in Suchek and whatever your opinions of Suchek are long-term, he, he's a, he was a decent signing for the club. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, like, he's obviously a man that values his own opinion and gives that opinion, but David Sullivan shouldn't employ the recruitment team like he does to just then not listen to what they've said. Now, of course, you can't buy a player if the players value you believe is 18 million and they're quoting you 50 million i guess you're not going to pay 50 million but when the difference is like one or two million and yes he would be a, a gamble he was 19 years of age you know signing a 19 yeah. year old any walk of life that's only played in ghana and denmark is going to be a gamble but a club like west ham cannot spend money on proven players that aren't gambles because mm. we don't have that money and they'd be at bigger clubs if they if we did if they weren't you know yeah. if they were you know and so so for me it's really really frustrating that we've allowed that transfer just to not happen and then mm. and what I don't get as well is that we pursued Jota for a couple of weeks we must have known about the tax issues. He didn't suddenly yeah. get tax issues. They would have been there from the very, very start. Now, maybe we thought we could negotiate it so that he didn't care so much about his money. I don't know. But we should have checked these things out way before it mm. comes the deadline day when it's too late to do anything different. You know, we should have checked this out way before. Spoke to him straight away. Are you prepared to come? What's your tax issues? Yes. Oh, no, I'm not prepared to come. Right, well, then we move on. It's simple, and it? it's very frustrating. And sometimes you can't help but think it's done on purpose, that these players have deliberately done this so we don't sign anyone. I think you're right. I think we've weakened the squad rather than improved it. The only thing that can happen now, really, 
His Pacatar comes back quick, as does Antonio, and Cornet steps up to the plate. But then again, the manager's giving Cornet three minutes at the end of games and stuff, so he's not yeah. really going to be able to anyhow. So I agree. It's very, very frustrating. We seem to really struggle in the January window. Uh, you know, we've had signed Ings the one before and not the players we possibly needed. Yeah. One but one before that, we don't think we signed anyone. So we really struggle with Jerry. And yes, there's an argument that no other... Sorry, I'm ranting a bit now, but unless there's an argument that no, no, not many other clubs signed players, that is the case. But not many other clubs are on the brink of achieving Champions League for the first time, mm, either yeah. by winning the Europa League or by finishing fifth, I think might do it this year. Yeah. Um, and then, and if we financially see it as an investment, if we was to invest now and get Champions League, well, then we've paid for Osman anyway because of the increased yeah. revenue and stuff. It's, it's very frustrating and no wonder fans end up getting so angry at times. You know, even if they just sign one of them, one of them, Osman yeah. or Yota, I think yeah. we'd have been happy with Osman, Yota and Phillips, Vakera, Fornaus and Ben Rama. That'd have been fine. It's the fact we signed none of them. Yeah, I mean, why are they not doing their due diligence? I don't understand. I mean, why they could go into these deals, like you say, mate, and having these negotiations, then discovering so late down the line, oh, it turns out he's got tax issues. Well, the whole point of this recruitment team, I thought they'd be doing this in the lead up to January. You know, when the window opened, we we got rid of um, Tilo Kira in the first few days. I thought this is a bit more like it. This is a club that's got on a bit of a mission. We know what we're going to be doing. Um, but I think it was quite clear as the weeks went on that that actually wasn't the case and we were struggling. Um, yeah, I think uh, ultimately it's at the top, mate. It has to be because the recruitment team can only bring the players to the table. They can't sign the players. They can just mm. say, these are the players we like. They have to show it to Moyes. Moyes has to approve it. Beyond that point, that's up to the club. That, that's up to the chairman and the secretary yeah. and the Tim Steinson to get these deals over the line. You know, Tim spent time in the Asian Cup. He was there for a week. We mm. no one was signed from the Asian Cup. Yeah, it's was in, time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tim was in um Germany for a week. No one was signed for Germ from Germany or or sold to Germany. You know, like so you, people love him and he's seen as a bit of a god at the moment at this club. I do question a little bit why that is when Alvarez and um, kudos were already identified beforehand. Yes, he got the deals over the line. Mm. They were already identified. Phillips was already identified, um, and that was a Moyes choice, and he might have been the final bit to get the finances over yeah. the line. But I don't know, as the summer, the summer has to be a big window because, again, we've made more money than we've spent this window. So yeah. we've already been told by Kieran Maguire on this show that financial... Um, Fair play is not an issue for us. We sold Declan Rice in the summer and didn't spend more than what we replaced yeah. him with. So the summer, if they don't bring in a number of top players, then then we know, I don't know, we know that our chairman and our management, uh, like sort of directors and whatever, whoever is involved in bringing in players, don't have the ambitions that perhaps... Absolutely. I, I, I don't understand it, mate. Re really, really confusing. Do you know the one that really annoyed me more, though, as well, is the fact that, all right, I, I could, I mean, I'm annoyed by the fact that we had these two wingers, um, Osman and Yotta, that we seemed to, uh, they felt like another Lingard, you know, went on all window, we're looking for him, and then we didn't get it over the line. But then you saw Brozier go to Fulham on loan. You're just thinking, well, why didn't we just go in and get him? Like, yeah. at least we'd have then had another striker. You could then utilise, say, and put him Bowen out on the right, 
putting Kudus out on the left and you've had a striker, at least you're just giving us another option. There was no risk, you know. Don't forget, bearing in mind, Brozier was our top target um, a couple of summers ago. We spent all summer chasing him, and we, which didn't come to anything, and we ended up getting Skamaka. So mm. I don't know why all of a sudden. It, it seems to be the issue of West Ham is this constant, it's a risk, it's a gamble, it's a risk. But everybody signs a risk, really. I mean, there's not many players out there that you sign and go, they're absolutely cast-iron guarantees to be a success. Like, we've just got Calvin Phillips. He hasn't started great, and he's an England international. So, I mean, as I said earlier, I thought, like you said, mate, I still think he'll, he will come good for us. But at the end of the day, it, it, it's baffling. It really is. And like you, you talked about last season. I mean, if you remember, we got rid of Craig Dawson, didn't we? We were in a relegation battle, got yeah. rid of one of our best centre-backs and didn't replace him. I mean, we got yeah. away with it, but I mean, it's... Absolutely diabolical. Like, as you say, the, the thing is that the mate and I, I hate to say it, and from you know, you got to think if you argue about their impact long term at West Ham, you probably you could make a good case to say they've done well. You know, we've got a new stadium, we've finished regularly mm. in Europe, but the consistent cause of this, the one consistent, you got different managers, you got different heads of recruitment, you got different mm. analysis teams. The one consistent is the person that signs off on all the checks. And that's yeah. the, that's Sullivan. That's the one consistent. So for it to happen so regularly, that's got to be where you point your fingers first. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and I think with Brozier, whether it's true or not, I was told that Moyes had gone off him since last year because he felt when he came back, hmm, from injury for Chelsea. And if you look at his stats, he's barely scored. I mean, he yeah, hasn't played yeah. much, but I think Moyes thinks he's not quite the player he was. But as you said, either way, a striker of any sort would be worth taking a punt on. And it yeah. is a punt. It's a loan. You know, it's a, a loan with exactly. four million feet. It's not the end of the world. Give him a go. If he, if, if as suspected, he's not as good as he was, we give him back to Chelsea at the end of the season. But at least yeah. you've got a, an option to try and change it. And you know, I look at I look at Danny Ings, right? Danny Ings played his best game ever yeah. in a West Ham shirt against Sheffield United, best game ever. And then since then, I mean, I know it was against Sheffield United, and look at them, they lost they lost five 0 to Aston Villa. Mm. So they te- they're not good, but it was his best game for the club. And then the next game, he's dropped. Um, and he, wow, he, doesn't, he, he, doesn't, yeah, he doesn't feature at all against Manchester United. And, and you think, like, that's not good. And that comes down to Moyes. So, you know, I, I'm genuinely a very positive person when it comes to West Ham. But there are some very key moments of everything we do that I just don't understand it. And on the whole, I still back Moyes just, just mm-hmm. at the moment for the time yeah. being. But... There are serious question marks over him and obviously over the, the the board as well. There's question marks over it, lots of things at the moment, but ultimately the buck in the window for me stops with the rec- with the top dog. If he wouldn't sign, oh, the, the recruitment team and the manager thought they were signing Osman. So the fact that we didn't sign Osman, yeah. their job's done at that point. That's, that's, and, and Osman wanted to come. And, like and what does that do to, to the mood around the place? You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're, the, you're the manager, you're Mark Noble, you're Stuyton, you've got done all this work and you've got, yeah, right, this is the guy for us. And then you've got somebody at the end coming and going, no, I've, I've, you know, my mates rung me up and said he's not worth that. You must yeah. think, well, fucking hell, like, why have we wasted all this time? You know what I mean? Exactly. It must be so frustrating. Like, yeah. To, uh, well, I have yeah. a recruitment team. 
Like yeah. literally, you might. It's the same with the academy. Why have an academy at the moment? You might as well. The academy costs four million a year, I think, to run at the yeah. moment. You're taking, and I'm talking about this in my section later. So I don't want to kill everything that I was going to say, but uh, <laughs> you're taking like Oliver Skulls, only him this time, and I'm a bummer if you still kill him an academy player. You're taking them up to Manchester. Yes, it's a good experience for them to go with the first team. Yeah, I mm. get that, and it's good for them to see the, the match day build up and train on yeah. the pitch before the game. But they know they're not going to get on the pitch. You know, yeah, they know yeah. they're not going to play. And I, I think some of the academy players that just missed out on the squad at Man United, so you're talking like Hayden Casey, um, Lewis Orford, you know, mm. a couple of those players that would have been Callum Marshall, I guess, if he was still with us uh, for this period, then that I think deep down they're probably thinking, well, do you know what? I'm actually quite pleased I haven't made the squad because I've got to travel all the way to Manchester, stay yeah. at a hotel, not yeah. have any chance of coming on and then just go home again. And and I think, you know, <coughs> whilst they probably like the experience and stuff, there is a part of them that I still what's the point of going anyway? And that's another yeah. thing. Like, you know, I think there's just a few fundamental things that I really question about this club on the whole. I'm not going to start ranting. I've seen things a lot worse and I hate oh, all yeah. the negativity yeah. around West Ham. But for the, for the sake of this show, it's worth talking about. But on the whole, just put end on a positive start on all of this. We are still well in touch with uh, where we should be in the league and we're still doing well in the cup. For me, you make your big calls on what the future should be at the end of the season. That's where I, and I still stand by that. Um, I've got a quick question for you. I want to talk about quickly. I'm going to touch on David Moyes before we go into your section. But one thing that's actually just come to my mind, and the only reason I ask you this is because I was doing um, a video earlier for the channel uh, with Blowing Bubbles, you know, the magazine, uh, David mm. Blackmore. Yeah. And um, he was, and we were talking about this season, our ambitions and things like that. And it, funny enough, the question came up about, well, you've got, you got opportunity here. West Ham to finish in a Champions League spot this season, which, let's be honest, that should have been our ultimate ideal top, goal to get there if you were given the chance now and i said to you x you've got two options you can have champions league football or you can have europa conference league what would you take bearing in mind you would be in it next season obviously champions would be amazing but conference league we've done it before what what would if you could take it what would you do next season whether i would take champions league or conference league football yeah for me it's a no-brainer every champions league because that's what you're you're aspiring to be it would, but there's a part of me, there's a little part of me thinks I wouldn't mind the conference just because I think we've got a good chance of winning that. Yeah, I know what you mean. There is that argument, but for me, you've always got to aim for your ultimate achievement rather than settle for something because it's mm. easier. The way I've always worked is you aim for the top, and I think there's a phrase that you aim for the for the moon, and but you might land on a star or aim for the sun, you might land on whatever that phrase is. I yeah. remember, but, but, but basically, you, know, you aim for as high as you can get and then see what happens. If you just by playing in the Champions League or being qualified for the Champions League in the summer, you'd be able to recruit better players. So I think they've got Champions League football, it raises mm. your stature of a, as, of a club financially, it's much beneficial. You know, we wouldn't win the Champions League, you know, whereas no, you're right, we might yeah. win the Conference League. So I see your argument, but but the Champions League, even if we could get to, like, I mean, they were talking totally ambitious here, but even if we could get to the quarterfinals of it, it'd be a massive achievement and it would. It would be a stage to, to project mm. the club further forward. And so for me, it's a no-brainer. It's Champions League. Yeah. And I want to see it as a fan. You know, I've never seen yeah. it. I've never even got close to it as then. Just to be a just to be at London Stadium and to hear that, you know, the theme tune. 
Yeah, I think it would be, yeah. I think it would just be magical. I, I think we'll see it. I, I do think I think within the next I, I, I do get the feeling it's coming to West Ham at some point, but where you know where how far it was away, I don't know. But I'm not sure. I, I don't sure I have that faith. As much really? as I am a positive fan, I think it's gonna be you've got to look at seasons like this where Chelsea are so poor, where Man United are poor, um, you know, where other clubs like Newcastle aren't doing as well as perhaps was thought, you know, really the three best teams in the league significantly are Man City, Liverpool and um, Arsenal. And then mm. it just opens up that fourth and fifth spot. You know, I don't look at Aston Villa's squad or Tottenham's and look at them and think, oh, you know what, they're much better than us. I don't think they are. I mean, this no. is a, it's times like this where we have to take our chance and, and try to then make it regular because next season, I'm sure Chelsea are going to be better than they are. I'm sure Newcastle will be better than they are. You mm. know, I think it will it will get that they will get harder because they'll get better. But we shall see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we wrap up, though, X, before we go into your section, um, David Moyes um, said before the game against Manchester United uh, about his contract. He was asked about it, and he was actually quite um, bullish about it. Really, sort of quite openly saying, "Well, yeah, no, talks going really well." and kind of leading to the fact that we're going to get closer to a deal. I mean, my gut says that that's what's going to happen. I, I think I'd, I'm also looking forward to hearing what you've got to say and your your update on it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to cause a huge... Um, up, well, I mean, there's going to be certain sections of fans aren't going to be happy with it, are they? I mean, what, what's your feelings on the whole Moyers New Deal situation? Well, I wouldn't do it now. You know, just I would do it in the summer, personally. I don't see the point if the manager's happy to stay as he is, which he said he is, mm. I would keep him to the end of the season because then you have the facts in front of you of what's been achieved. You know, if we go on and we win the, the Europa League or we qualify for the Champions League, then I think you have to give him a deal because yes, people are going about the start of football. I've seen people say they're going to give up their season tickets and stuff. I get that. I'm not overly bowled over by the start of football myself. However, you have to see it from a board point of view. This is a club to them, which is essentially a business. The, in some forms of business, it doesn't matter how you get to the end product. Mm. It's it's the end product. And if the end product is Champions League football or winning another trophy, then that end product's better than it's ever been for a long, long while. So I think it, they have to give him a contract based upon that because they could sack him, say, right, yeah, we want a better start of football and then not get the end product. Ultimately, to them, the only way it's going to affect them, I guess, is if people do go through with what they're saying. They cancel their season tickets and attendances are down and stuff. But again, I think even if that happened and West Ham was still doing well, I'm not sure they'd be that bothered. I also think when Paqueta's back and you've got Paqueta, Kudos and Bowen all fit, hopefully, for the remainder of the season and all performing well, then through default, we're going to be more exciting to watch because mm. they're attacking creative players. So that will improve anyway. But I wouldn't give him a contract now because, you know, we're showing that we're wobbling a bit. You know, a draw against Bournemouth, a draw against Sheffield United. Before that, what was it? A draw against Brighton. Um, yeah, you know, a yeah. loss to Manchester United. Results haven't been great recently. Knocked out the cup by Bristol City. So we have to think that things could suddenly go worse. You know, I hope they don't, but they could. And mm. for me, I think you have to judge him on the end of the season. And I yeah. would, I would not do a new deal now. I would do it then, and then have everything to judge. But the, the problem he's got is that the fan base is so 
divided as and it's it's worrying how divided it is. I can't stand going on Twitter and other platforms where every time it's just point scoring from both sides. Both sides are as bad as each other. The boys in like constantly like look at you know how bad does Embry's done today if they lose a game or you know look mm. at Pochettino and look Moyes couldn't have done anything wrong anything more to say it's the players and then you get the ones that are Moyes out and they blame everything on Moyes and it's just point scoring constantly it's boring it's, but I know we're talking about it as a podcast or it's a bit hypocritical but then we have to talk about what's current but the constant like oh, I don't know negativity all the time is draining um, and I wish we could be more united, one hundred percent. And whether that is getting rid of the manager, that's up, that's up to debate. But I just think, from a board's perspective, mm. they, they wouldn't dismiss the manager that won something again. And you can understand why. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can understand it. Like you say, it's, it's a frustrating debate, and it's it's going to keep rumbling, isn't it? It just feels like forever. I mean, for me, my personal stance is, is that I don't, I can't be Moyes in or out because I don't know what the alternative is. No, that is, a, that is a problem. Yeah, and yeah. you know we play we play Arsenal this weekend, right? You know yeah. we've beaten them twice before. What's to say we don't beat them again this this weekend? You know, I don't think Pakistan's going to be back, unfortunately. But another week of Kudos mm. and Bowen, another week for Phillips Antonio. I think as a chance of being fit for that from the bench, maybe. So what's to say if we go and beat Arsenal again? You yeah. know, there's the, the, suddenly the feel the feel facts is different once yeah. more and then and then you look at the fixtures after that um from memory they're not too bad um i'm gonna have to quickly google it so i get them spot on rather than getting them wrong but you've got mm. nottingham forest away which you know is a decent chance of winning brentford yeah. at home a decent chance of winning um uh everton away another decent chance and burnley at home before you play villa at home and you got five games there and i know it's always the case of well mm. that could happen that could happen but i think as I'll keep saying, there's no point getting so animated about Moyes in, Moyes out, because he's going to be here to the end of the season, whether you like it or not. So what it's like that Ricky Gervais thing that I always refer to about, you know, I don't want guitar lessons. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like if you're not, it's not if you don't want it, just don't pay attention to it. You can't change what's happening. So getting mm. so I've seen people. You know, YouTubers, whatever, looking like they're about to explode with rage and stuff. Yeah, I, do, and I, I know. Just... I need to calm down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just think to myself, you, it's, you, this is unhealthy for you, and it's not going to achieve anything. You just, I don't know. It's how I feel, and I've probably ranted as much as anyone, so it is hypocritical, but it's just how I feel about it. Oh, I miss the days of being West Ham United, but I don't think that's all down to Moyes, because I think it's been no. that previously as well. No, I agree. It's it's you know, it's a frustrating debate, isn't it? And um, but look, let's see what you got to say in your section, mate. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants. 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport powered by fans.